Heyo, welcome everyone to Today in the Scene by Indie Arcade Wave. I'm Joe, your host, and here on In the Scene, we dive into what's happening in the arcade space. From new indie developers, arcade owners, and operators, and just news in the space in general. I am excited about this arcade. I've been uh, talking to Rob for a little while here about Lowry Parkade in Tampa. Um, he was featured on Token Taverns. I spoke with Bob a few months ago, and it was really cool to watch the journey of the arcade, but I don't think we got too much focus on how the arcade actually came to be. So uh, we're going to dive into it. They've got a great selection of great games, solid maintenance, and a really good retro aesthetic. Tons of art, painting, super unique stuff there. Let's bring in Rob and talk to him about the arcade. How you doing, Rob? Hey, what's up? Yo, man. How you doing, Joe? I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm glad to have you on here. I just I remember you standing out quite a bit in the arcade documentary, Token Taverns, just because you had such a such a retro looking space like everything was very intentional the aesthetic is very intentional the arcade games looked like they were in great shape i'm curious to know who is rob just just tell us about yourself and kind of why you got into arcades sure i i kind of grew up in the arcade a bit uh like aladdin's castle that was like my go-to my dad would take me there on like saturdays and so we'd spend a lot of saturdays um back in the late like mid late 80s playing you know, all the all the games that were out. Uh, and I remember Street Fighter coming out and kind of getting blown away and trying to like elbow for room with the bigger kids to you know get, get my ass kicked on that game. Uh, but I, I grew up in the arcades and that's kind of where I got nostalgic for it. And the going from there, um, as I got older, I started collecting and repairing them and had kind of did it as a hobby. Um, and then after collecting, it wasn't long before I had heard of the concept of an arcade bar. And I was in the craft beer scene in Tampa here a little bit um, as like mostly just a drinker and enjoying uh, getting in turn on some of the craft that they have here because it's a really good scene. And so between those two, um, I'd heard the concept and thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I could you know do something like that. So started collecting more and more and then um started bartending i had a tech job and i um did that on the weekends for a little while and it became too much it was crazy so i quit my tech job and then bartended full-time and learned uh, made a lot of connections like one of the people and that's kind of how i got into it um and then found the space and it took forever to find a space but finally um was able to do that and my had a partner that he's i bought him out in 2019 but my ex-partner he had the location and he didn't really have a concept yet he had thought about doing an arcade bar but wasn't sure and so i kind of sold him on it and we partnered up and i've been pretty much the main like 95 (laughs) percent of uh running it since then um until uh covid and that that kind of changed everything I mean, obviously, that's all covered in the in the documentary, like the whole yeah, exactly. journey, which which was really cool to see, like from the arcade owner's side. You always see so much of like what it's like to go to the arcade, but not so much of what it's like to run the arcade. Now, before we jump in really quick, we've got the new T-shirts for Galactic Battleground and Indie Arcade Wave, as well as our four player tabletop and Konami for Galactic Battleground. I'll throw all those up on the screen and the link down in the description. And we're going to jump into this episode. So let's talk about curating the games. Obviously, you were a collector. You were repairing them. You are already working on them. You were probably buying them for yourself in the beginning. And then mm-hmm. once you got into the arcade, you 
might have looked a little different direction. What was your plan with curating games for Lowry Parkade, and why do you have the games that you have? Um, at first, it was kind of what I had. Um, I mean, because I, you know, I, when I was collecting them, even I had like shoestring budget, and the I think the you know the documentary goes into it some too, but um, like I kind of had what I had when I opened, and just about all the machines I owned were put into here and they were at my house. So, uh, like it was nice to get my house back a bit, but, um, besides that, the, as the years kind of went on with collecting, um, and I got eighties and nineties, I guess like for the, when I first collected, I tried to get classic stuff, you know, um, just the ones that you remember from the arcade that stand out and ones that people like to play, um, the the notable ones you know and and i mean people like everybody um men women uh children you know kids like try to get something to appeal to everybody and then but i didn't have much options because it was just what i could get at the time before opening and now as the kind of years have gone on i've been fortunate enough to kind of add to it where what i think about now um I got into pinball a lot more as I owned the place. Like I was already kind of getting into it. And then as you know, the years went on with, with this place, I got more and more into enjoying pinball. And so I tried to get ones that I thought everyone would enjoy after learning more about it. Um, and now um, I try to cater to you know as many people as possible. I try to think of the ones that either, something that's nostalgic from 80s and 90s um, or games that I don't know that but people really liked um, things that like moms and dads can play with their kids um, as an example of saying hey this is something I played when I was your age and getting, getting able to like pass it on to the next generation so those are things I typically keep in mind when I'm trying to bring games in here and, and cater them to the crowd yeah, I love the idea of like passing it on to the next generation and reliving that nostalgia, but also like creating a memory with your child and the pinball thing too. Like I, I wasn't really into pinball much until I started going to all these conventions with Galactic Battleground and I love pinball now. I'm not very good at it yet, but it's it's gotten to be a lot more fun because I get to see like, especially going to Midwest, Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee, like Stern's always there, Marco's always there, Spooky's always there. So I get to play the newest pins for free, which... Nice. It's easier when I'm not like draining a ball every five seconds. So, um, yeah, that, that makes it a lot more enjoyable. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a comfort, even if it's small comfort, you know, it's a comfort where it's like, Hey, I'm here and I get to play for free. So I can just learn the game a bit. You know, I can just play Godzilla back to back to back to back to back to back. Right. So as an arcade owner, obviously you spend a lot of time in the arcade. Where are you spending most of your time? Are you spending most of it? Like talking to guests behind the bar, repairing machines? What are you doing primarily? Well, I'll say, like, I have an awesome staff. Like, my staff kills it. And uh, my general manager, Ross, um, he actually is taking more and more off my plate. So I'm more in a leadership role. And finally, I've gotten a bit of my, my time back. Because uh, anybody will tell you with owning a small business and running it for the first several years, that's pretty much your life. And, as, and then COVID also kind of took things over again in the documentary you see that um so now that we're through that and i have a journal manager i'm able to get more of my time back so where my time is now is more in the kind of trying to do long-term planning 
Um, not so much the day to day. It's more leadership role. I'm good looking at new games. Um, and then events. I've done a lot of event management lately. And thankfully, like my staff, they, they're able to handle that. Like Ross does the day to day. He interacts with customers, make sure everything's okay. He handles a lot for me right now, which is excellent. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm spending that. When I am here, it's yeah, interaction, you know, meeting my community, hanging out with them. Um, we have a great uh, group of people here, like regulars, customers, the community, and I guess the Seminole Heights, this Tampa area is um, one of the best. So grateful for them as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I spend my time now. If I'm on the other side of the bar, uh, I'll probably be playing a pinball machine. Um, or Street Fighter, although I haven't played much in the new one yet, really. I'd say that. I, I probably shouldn't. So it's I'd probably third strike over the newest one just because I haven't played it much. I, I get destroyed. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's good that you can get some of your time back, start to enjoy the arcade, play the games, get to know the people that are coming in. Because, I mean, the people that are coming in are your business. You know, like building that relationship is the most important part to keep the business alive. Yeah. Yeah, they're um, great. Um, yeah, and like the trying to reach out to and, and be involved more with them to figure out what events they like. Um, we're constantly trying to do that too. So we're, we've been trying new things to to get people in the door and and also connect with them more. Yeah, I saw you guys had a whole bunch of events on your calendar. You guys do like uh, console nights. You do like fighting game nights. You have DJs in there. You have a lot of stuff going on in the arcade. So. There's always something to do, which is which is really cool. Um, you said you're looking at new games to bring into the arcade. I guess that leads mm -hmm. me right to my next question is, what indie games have caught your eye and what do you think of the indie arcade scene in general? So yeah, indie games, I, I was actually noticing your background and I saw like Killer Queen, um, that's a super fun game. And maybe one day we'll bring it in. Um, I, there's not so much, I, I don't think there's much community here for it but that's an opportunity maybe to build it. Um, other than that, uh, I'm our most recent game that we're bringing in right now, we're looking at starting to get rhythm games in here. Um, so I'm looking at bringing in one of those. Um, what is the, as far as other indie games go, um, Throwback, we played that. They were, they were out at a free play too. I didn't get a time to play, chance to play it out there, but that was... Um, that's a, that's a really fun one as well. Um, but the indie games is probably an opportunity where we could look at, you know, those as well, uh, because they, uh, local and regional developers, like they put a ton of their time and passion into it. And, um, like I haven't actually brought in too many. I haven't, I haven't really spent the time to, to pull those in because, uh, <laughs> budget's been kind of a concern too so um are there any that you'd actually recommend yeah i mean for for your location obviously like galactic battleground is what we made we just have our new cabinet um it's yeah. doing really well at all our test sites um i think uh death ball could do great um it, it has a great community at uh glitch bar as well as keg and coin in jacksonville so you're kind of like in that what's area death too. ball i haven't seen that one yet uh wizard soccer basically uh, easiest way to describe it. You've got two wizards, you're jumping up back and forth and you try to hit the ball into the other's goal. But uh, you've got unlimited jumps, you've got a bubble that 
you can leave in a place and if the ball hits it it bounces the other direction there's there's a bunch in it we can talk about indie games all all afterwards too um it sounds a bit like warlords if you've ever played that a, li- that's a little similar a little bit yeah it's it's more like uh killer queen meets rocket league kind of oh cool it's like okay. how tony describes his inspiration for it yeah um switch and shoot obviously is an incredible game super easy mm-hmm. one button very small footprint so that that could work too uh there's tons of stuff you could, that that would work well in your bar i think because you have a very wide demographic of people coming in and the games fit pretty much everybody honestly mm-hmm. like a lot of these games are developed for for families or for for date night or stuff like that so um they work great in an arcade bar what would be the best one for date night then I, I I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I think Galactic Battleground is just so easy for anybody to step up to and play. Okay. Um, Nidhogg is great, too. I mean, Nidhogg Don't hate me because I haven't played Galactic Battleground yet. Well, you just got to drive up to Fort Lauderdale. I mean... Oh, that's it. That's it. it. The, the best way for you to, to check these out, honestly, I mean, I guess I don't know exactly how far you are from Fort Lauderdale, but the closest way to get there, like the easiest way to try these indies, Dwight has pretty much all of them. Okay. So you would actually be able to stand up next to a cabinet and play... Uh, Death Ball, Switch and Shoot, Nidhogg, Killer Queen, Highlight Heroes, uh, Armed and Gelatinous, like they're all in there. So you'd be able to give them all a go before buying anything. Um, not a lot of arcade owners have the opportunity to try all these indies because they're spread out throughout the country. Yeah. Um, I have to make a trip down there because like last time, I think I met Dwight. Uh, what was it? Maybe at an Expo? I think it was a shot. We went went to a brewery, hung out, super like cool like super cool meeting guy. Um, it's nice to hang out and uh, like get to know just again, um, like in the documentary and being able to like get to know some of the other owners. Um, but it's, it is kind of tough for me to make it to Fort Lauderdale. So I'll have to be able to set aside a trip, make like a weekend of it right? and go check them out. Sweet. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Let me know when you go, we can talk more about Indies afterwards too, so that you have kind of an idea of what to be looking for. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm curious about your favorite part about owning an arcade. Obviously, like you love the games, you love collecting, you love repairing them and stuff. Like, what is your favorite thing about owning the arcade? Uh, it's changed over the years. Um, now, I would say the people around it, staff, um, having like that kind of family. Uh, we, I've met a ton of friends. Um, in, in this community from doing this and they've all been like really supportive. So in both good times and bad and like, just like in COVID um, we got more and more of that like support and it was, it was like very difficult personally and both for all of us, for so many people to, to face that. And it was nice to have that, that kind of support net with it. So, yeah, like that was that's, that's a huge part for me is is my uh, the the group around me like the community around us uh, around parking, and it's kind of become its own thing. Like this place is, uh, it's it's become its own thing where people like all the staff and um, the community itself, the group, they all are able to make it its its own place where, um, like I'm able to step back and see that and appreciate it and yeah i'm i'm grateful for just that right now is is seeing it become its own thing and 
the people involved with it and getting to know them more, uh, the friends I've made through it. Um, yeah. And I mean, like having Ross, like he knows his beer. So like, I, I'm, I definitely get to have a pretty deep, sweet deal when it comes to, you know, if I'm, if I'm having a few pints. Yeah. I noticed you guys have a pretty good, uh, tap list. You've got lots of stuff in there. You've got lots of games. Um, the community obviously is huge as we saw in the documentary, like, uh, you guys started doing rentals just to kind of float through that time. Yeah. Um, you're still doing rentals from what I see on the website too. Yes. Mm hmm. Well, no, sorry. we we stopped that. Uh, okay. like we weren't really getting any rentals, so I don't know if it's just because the options were limited. Like I, after we reopened, um, and got through it, I put rentals back on just because things have been slow. Like there have been times when this past year things slowed down a bit, probably like a con mix of economy and other things. Um, because I think everyone's been feeling the pinch a bit. So I put rentals back up just to see what would happen. And I think we did one over the course of a month. It's like, okay, this isn't really worth it, but I wasn't able to provide too many options because most of the games are here. Right. You know? So you don't want to pull it off the floor if you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, that the rental stuff definitely helped during that time. And, uh, you know, like it was it was kind of an adventure to take these games all over Tampa and um, just set them up for a little bit of time. But I kind of saved her ass during COVID, too. Yeah, I mean, it was it was clear. I think uh, watching the documentary and seeing your side of the story, it was clear how big the community was and how involved your arcade was with the community um and the rentals and everything so let's let's talk about what it was like to be part of token taverns like you you went from running this arcade and everything and then bob comes up approaches you says hey i want to i want to document your journey and follow you around for i mean what was it like two yeah. and a half years it what was, was it like time. having that two and a half years actually documented um really like at first it was it, it started at um it was right before Co well not right before covid or maybe it was like right before covid i'm trying to think if um it was 20, I think it was 2020. Uh, we were at Beer Week um, at one of the fests there. And I was introduced to him. And he wanted, he was talking about doing this documentary a bit. I was like, sure, yeah, I, I'll be a part of it. Having no idea at all at the time the what it would take to get there and what he was actually like trying to do. I was just, okay. You know, well, and he was, he was a friend of a friend. Uh, close friend of mine so it's like sure let's get into it and that week later that week we had a a big event that we were doing it was uh, the battle royale so we bring breweries here like um brewery owners and reps and they all like play games against each other and drink against each other it's a fun time and he was here uh and he had these like he, he had shoulder mounted cameras and was going around and, and trying to film everything. And I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, shit, I didn't realize he's going to be this, uh, this deep into it, and like taking the cameras around and, and, and being in everyone's face and stuff. So um, then once you know it after that, uh, COVID happened. Um, so that drastically changed the, I think his story. Um, but as time has gone on, uh, and I've gotten to know Bob and Margie a lot better uh, and see his like his passion, like how much he loves it. And is uh, it's been like a real project of love for his for him. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun trip. 
um, I didn't I didn't know what to expect at first. And then seeing the final product, like going through all that and seeing where it, it ended up uh, was was pretty wild, actually, is uh, I again, I had no idea what it was going to be when he first started talking to me about it and then seeing things unfold, him capturing what happened with COVID and being able to tell a little bit of our story and like all like kind of arcade bar owners and bar owners in general, hospitality, what we all were dealing with at that time. Um, that was very timely. And I, I don't think, um, I don't think he expected it at all for it to take that. I think he was just going along with it. And as we were kind of fortunate to be able to, to have him to capture those things and be able to um, during, during everything was progressing and being able to, to just be able to seize those moments and, and kind of capture them and replay them. Um, yeah, it turned out, it, it turned out great. And I was uh, grateful to be a part of it. And I thought it was super cool. Um, although at first I was, I like, I wasn't sure because I didn't know what the outcome would be and it was getting to know him. And then as, you know, as I got to know him and, and Margie, see how passionate they were about it, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. I think that's really cool that you just like dove in. You're just like, sure, why not? I don't even know what it's going to be, but let's let's do it. Um, and it was really, really cool. I think it was incredibly unique that he was able to show that side of what happened, like mm -hmm. how hard it hit business owners and how hard it hit the arcade space and really give a voice to people that, you know, otherwise would have been voiceless really in that in that position. Um, right. So it's it's really cool that you did that, and I appreciate it really because I really enjoyed it. I bought it twice on two different platforms, and I'm still watching it. The VHS I, I, copies are awesome. Like, oh all that. yeah, it's so cool that he did that. He's yeah. doing all the all the retro stuff with the clamshells yeah. and everything, which is super cool. The last thing I want to ask you is advice for arcade owners, like people mm -hmm. that are interested in opening an arcade that have a collection or are starting to collect whatever. What advice would you give them to get off the ground and kind of avoid some of those initial hurdles? I mean, like for our arcade bar owners, uh, if you're looking to do it, I'd say get into the industry. You know, if you if you're if you collector, you're like, yeah, I got machines, but um, I'm curious as to what I want to do with them, and I want to open an arcade bar. Well, go, you know, get into the industry, like bartend, get a job in the industry, get to know people, and you'll see whether or not you like it. Um, because it's, it's a it's tough business and it, although it's got a lot of great rewards, the it's, it's very difficult. Um, so if you don't know the business, you don't know the industry, that's how businesses fail. So get to, get to know people, um, and get in the industry, get involved with it, um, work some jobs into it. So you, you know whether or not you like it and you want to do it. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Obviously you gotta, you gotta know what you're getting into and. If, if you don't love the hospitality industry, you're probably going to have a hard time running an arcade bar. It's right, the truth. Exactly. So, sweet. Rob, that's, that's all I had for you. I appreciate you coming on here. Just shout out social media so people can follow the journey and check out your arcade. Okay. Uh, yeah, our social media is Lowry Parkade and on both Instagram and Facebook. So check us out. And we got events going on all the time. Um, I know towards December... Uh, as we get into it, we're going to be bringing a new game. I think our newest game is Waka, which is going to be rhythm style. So looking forward to bringing that and sharing that with everybody. Um, we got a bunch of new events planned, too, for this and going into the new year. So check out our Insta. Check out 
Facebook um, and follow us, give us a like, all that. So, but thank you guys for um, taking the time and for doing this interview. I appreciate it for sure. Of course, I appreciate you coming on. I really, I really appreciate the the time, the communication, everything. Um, again, thank you for for joining and, and telling your story. Um, for anybody that's still watching, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. It helps us a ton. The wave will continue to grow. We'll be able to show more stories like this. And don't forget to check out the new cabinets and t-shirt designs. But until next time, peace. Later, guys. Peace.